Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1996's Independence Day, directed by Roland Emmerich and starring Will Smith, Bill Pullman, and Jeff Goldblum. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? I think I finally found another Italian horror film in addition to Suspiria that I enjoyed. What is it? Um, it was by Mario Bava's son, Lamberto Bava. Okay. Um, it's called Demons. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting, and it's it's not scary, like because we just don't get scared anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool. Um, it moves along, and it's got a great pace. And I really liked it. It's about this uh, like movie theater where all the patrons become demons because of the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> is that an 80s movie? 81, I believe. Yeah. I think I remember the box art at, from the video store you for probably demons. Do. Yes. Uh-huh. Is it a demon with his hand? Um, I don't know. Well, you know, okay, so like a stylized <laughs> like cartoon, de- I, I'm not sure exactly. I don't think it was, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think I remember this. Okay. I never saw it, though. No, it's good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have to check that out. It's on Shutter uh, right now, yeah. Because my love is the same as yours uh-huh. for, for that genre. Right. So. If I ever feel like taking the dive again, I'll start with demons. Yeah, take the plunge with demons. All right, yeah. Good slogan. <laughs> take the plunge with demons. <laughs> uh, I watched something that might as well be demonic. It's called Nine Lives. It's hmm. a family comedy from 2016 where Kevin Spacey becomes a cat. Oh, that movie? Yes. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> uh, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess it's a good kids movie, but... Man, Kevin Spacey becomes a cat and has to learn how to uh, love his family again and uh, respect people, I guess. Uh, Christopher Walken, I think, owns this mysterious pet shop and a curse gets on Kevin Spacey because he's mean. Oh, great. And um, yeah, so he becomes the house cat uh, and his daughter loves the cat, but not him. And uh, you know how these movies work. Of course I do. Uh, Jennifer Garner is his young wife. You know, because he's the head of a mega corporation. Uh-huh. And uh, Cheryl Hines is his ex-wife, and she's actually really good in the movie because she's this booze hound uh, ex-wife type figure. I love Cheryl yeah. Hines. She's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, best part of the movie. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Spacey becomes a cat, and there's lots of cat food jokes and poop jokes and uh, cat jokes. Uh, uh, yeah. This sounds worse than I imagined. <laughs> and when you say cat jokes, are you talking like like puns that are cat related? There might be. I oh. can't remember. Anyway, yeah. I felt like I died nine nine times yes, while watching I, it. I would so. have, yes, I, I, I would not have made it through minute six. And, that and you know how it starts, you know how it ends, and you know the middle. Yep. So uh, yep. avoid it unless your kids love cats. Uh, Sure, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with like you know Milo and Otis or whatever. Stick with for... demons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Milo and Otis. Yes. Now that, there's more than nine lives lost yes. during that movie. Yeah, oh god, yeah, that's really a look problem up, movie. Look up that movie, yeah. folks, if you don't oh, know about god. it. Um, so yeah, let's get into this week's movie, Dave. All right, it's time to celebrate our Independence Day. Sure. So why don't you give everyone a synopsis? So. ID4 is what the movie, you know, came to be known as. Yes. Yes. We, we, we shortened. <laughs> it was the first time we did something like that for any kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And what this movie is, you all know the movie. It's uh, where aliens uh, seemingly are totally invincible. And uh, the only way they can be defeated is with... Uh, Randy Quaid. Exactly. <laughs> Deus Ex Randy Quaid <laughs> slash Jeff Goldblum. Um, and uh-huh. yeah, we all know the plot. So let's get into it. Aliens come. Uh-huh. Uh, they they uh, destroy the Earth, 
we fight back and win. That's the movie. <laughs> God. And it only takes two and a half hours. I couldn't believe it. I did right? not remember it being two hours and 25 minutes before. I know. And, it is pretty long. And there is... I, I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I don't remember... I remember it not having such a long runtime, but I thought, you know, maybe there just was that much action in it. But the truth is, they do a lot of farting around in this movie. They kind of do. You know? I still think it moves pretty quickly. It does. But uh, it's definitely, you feel it in the middle there uh, when they're trying to figure things out. Yeah. It's like, all right, come on, 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 come on. Well, and there's so many stops and starts with like with uh, heroic moments. I mean, you know, they they can't just have something <laughs> work the first time. It has to fail and then they uh, go back for it. Yes, exactly. Ugh. All right, right, right off the bat. Yeah, I love this movie. I know it's terrible, <laughs> it, but it's such a good time. Yeah, it is. I think it's like it could be like the pinnacle disaster movie. Mm. It's uh, it's wonderful and melodramatic and cheesy, but it is exciting. Yeah, the the characters are likable, very likable. And the act, I think it's pretty well acted for the most part. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it, Dave? Yeah. Um. I I saw this movie opening night. Me too. You know. Well, did you see it on July second? Actually, yeah. They, they, they did the pre- two days yes. early. Yeah. It was pre-opening night. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I saw it on the fourth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it on the second, and I I, I had a really horrible seat. <laughs> But I still enjoyed it, and people were walking out of that movie talking about how it was better than Star Wars. Uh huh. And I was kind of swept up with them. I was just yeah. like, "Oh man, that was so!" I was so. We, we were just mm-hmm. so excited about this movie. Me too, man. You I, know, I, I was in love with it. Yeah, I wore out that VHS tape, uh-huh. man. Um, I think I probably had the collector cups, you know, from McDonald's <laughs> or whatever the yeah. hell. Oh, there was tons of tie-ins. I remember seeing it in the theater more than once. Yeah. It might have been the first movie I saw multiple times in the theater. Okay. It might be. I remember going with my grandma mm. and at the, the scene when uh, Brent Spiner gets t- attacked in the lab. Yes. I remember like being afraid of that and thinking it was comparable to Aliens. <laughs> um, you know what? As as a twelve year old, that that probably did happen. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, yep. And I remember, dude, this is such a dumb thing. I remember saying, "Ooh, it's like a PG thirteen aliens." I said that to my grandma. <laughs> I was like, kind of a little shit, was I, man? Did, did your grandma was she like hip to science fiction? I mean, were, were you? I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, she could bake though. I know that. Oh, right, well, that's good. All this right. Is the same grandma that had like all the Steven Seagal movies on tape. Mm. Uh. Sister Act, okay. you know, Three Amigos. So, right. So That's I don't know awesome. if she watched those movies, but she had them. <laughs> you, you know, I saw Indecent Proposal with my grandma. Really? Yeah, she took me to the movies when I was 16. Yes. <laughs> we watched Indecent Proposal. What a great yes. movie to see with your grandma. <laughs> uh, um, I remember my mom wanted to take me to see Die Hard 3 mm. when I was young, and I didn't want to because oh. I was afraid it would be uncomfortable. Uh, watching an R-rated movie with her. It would. Yeah. Yeah. And I was afraid there'd be like nudity and it'd be all uncomfortable. So I didn't want to go. <laughs> now I regret it because Die Hard 3 is amazing. Yes, exactly. I love Die and Hard And you probably 3. would have had a nice, you know, mother-son moment. Maybe. You know. We'll see. Right. Anyway, let's get back to this movie. Sure. So what happens? How does it start, Dave? All right. So the way it starts, um, it like... I, I said that the movie messes around too much, but it does kind of get right into the alien thing, you know. Right away. Right away. Yeah. Um, and the problem, though, is that, like, we have to establish every character. 
Yeah, you know, all five thousand of them. Yes, mm-hmm. everyone has to have their moment where they realize the aliens are here, mm-hmm. and that takes about a half an hour because I think Will Smith and Vivica Fox come in like maybe tw- minute twenty eight. Yeah, I couldn't believe how long yeah. it was. I thought it was a lot sooner than mm-hmm. that. Right, um, and. I think there's about 15 minutes of Bill Pullman in the White House in his bathrobe, <laughs> you know, like talking about David Letterman and his oh, poll numbers, all and- these cultural references. And, and you know, uh, Margaret Collin walks in and mm-hmm. she has to like, you know, just talk about what's in the news today. And, uh, oh, yeah, I, I it does take a while to get going. I mean, it, it gets going quick, uh-huh. but there's too many introductions. Yes. Um. I love Harvey Firestein. Yes. And he's hilarious in this movie. Of course he is. But does he need to be in this movie? Do we need to see him get hit by an explosion? No. Even though Harvey Firestein rules. Yeah. Um, no, he <laughs> we, we don't have to follow his arc. Do we have to hear him joke about his lawyer? Like, no. no, you don't. No, we don't. It's funny, but the movie's already two and a half hours. Uh-huh. Can he be gone? <laughs> he's Sorry, really... Harvey Firestein. I know. I know. I guess uh Jeff Goldblum needs a sounding board. Well, but there's Why can't 50 Judd other Hirsch people in that office. There. I know. I mean, it, it's Come on. like the whole office that Jeff Goldblum works in, the, only one of them has like on-camera lines, and that's Harvey Firestein. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, who's the only other known actor here? <laughs> well, I guess it's Harvey. So, you know, have at it. Yeah. But again, yeah, it takes a while to get started. But, right. So the, the, the big mothership shows up over the moon, and they, they, they're like, what the hell is this signal? And then uh, everyone around the world finds out about the signal, and then it breaks up into smaller pieces. They position these giant, like, 15-mile-wide spaceships over all the major cities in the world. Yes. Like, over several dozen cities around the globe. You guys have seen this movie, right? (laughs) That's what happens. And then uh, nobody knows what to do. And that's that's what I've always given this movie credit for, is that, like, if... If an alien invasion happened, like, sort of in the style of the day the Earth stood still, Mm -hmm. you know, it would probably be... Like this, mm-hmm. I, that that's how I've always envisioned it. Yeah, um, m- maybe not with the same strategy that the aliens employ, but like something where where we're looking at it, going nothing we can do would 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 save us. Here. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and it would be this horrifying. It would be this this chaotic. Mm-hmm. People would be absolutely beside themselves, and civilization would totally disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Right, and they got th- there's people who are excited about it, people who are afraid of it. Yeah, so that's. That would be reflective of how people really would be. Because there's the people on the building having a party, like, yeah. hey, beat me up, come on. Right, right. And then there's the people, like, hiding in behind their couch, you know? <laughs> like, they just watched The Shining when they uh-huh. were 10 years old. <laughs> That's right. Right, Dave? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's really, really good showing both sides of that. Yes. And Vivica A. Fox, I think, actually is really good. I like the scene when she and Will Smith are kind of arguing because he gets called back to the the base because yes. he's, you know, captain in the Air Force or whatever. Uh, and she's all upset. And he's like, I got to go. Why are you acting like this? And she's like, that's why I'm acting like this because there's a fucking alien spaceship right there, dude. I know. And then Will Smith kind of realizes, you know, yeah, I understand why you're upset. It's, it's okay. I think they do a great job in this scene. Like, acting mm-hmm. is really good in this scene. And it conveys, like, all the emotions you would be feeling in an alien invasion. They are... Like, such a believable couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you want the movie to be about them and Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, uh, Margaret Collin. Like, mm-hmm. like th- th- those, are the, those are the five people who I want to see on screen at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
to, to, to get them having that moment and for Vivica to point out that's why. Because, like, you know, but before she points that out, mm-hmm. Will Smith is not doing the thing of, like, um, acting the way you would in this situation. No, he's kind of being, like, a dick almost. Yeah. He's like, I'm in the Air Force, and they called me back. Why don't you understand this? Right. Yeah. Right. He's in the Marines. Is he in the Marines? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, it, yeah, Adam Baldwin's in the Air Force. Oh, whatever. Right. <laughs> we get him in this movie. Who I'd He's in trouble. About. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Baldwin. I saw him pop up, and I was like, yes. <laughs> That's my bodyguard right That's there. right. Exactly. Gamergate himself. Oh, God. That guy's a dick. Yeah. But anyway. Um... <laughs> He's good in this, though. Yeah, I like he, him. He's fun. I like him. He's good. He's 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 good in in this. He's good in my bodyguard. He's good in uh, uh, the the Firefly. You know, uh-huh. it's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's just a prick in real life. Who, yes. But you know, moving on. <laughs> right. Uh, this is about aliens. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, it, it's Will Smith has to go, and when he gets to the base, um, actually, my least favorite character in the movie Ooh, is Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, he kind of sucks. He does not speak one truthful word to real life in the entirety time he's on screen. What do you mean by this? No one acts this this way. You know, like like, like no one is behaves this way in real life. If someone was just nothing but jokes all the time. Yeah. Because he doesn't say anything serious until he dies. There's got to be a guy like this. There has to be. I, I don't know. What, would he be acting this way if... Aliens were docked over top no of the city. Clue. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, when he puts I his head know. on his shoulder and, and you know oh. hold me, and he's and he's you he's know joking around. He's joking around. He's riffing like before that about <laughs> you know uh, they're doing the 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 whole thing where he's like looks like he's proposing to oh, Will yeah. Smith, mm-hmm. and the other guy comes in and, and you know interrupts it. Oh, you know right. Uh, oh God, <laughs> and. His his everything dialogue, he says. His dialogue uh, it's broy and and you know mm-hmm. uh, time to kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. He mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. he calls him Big Daddy like yep. th- for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never says Will Smith. <laughs> he says Big Daddy. Right. At least he could say Fresh Prince. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> oh man. Oh. You think they were gonna originally cast like DJ Jazzy Jeff? Actually, I know who they were originally going to really? cast. Really? Who were they going to cast? It was Matthew Perry. No. And he really? couldn't make it. Matthew uh, Perry? Matthew Perry was going to say, <laughs> kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Holy shit, everybody. Uh, but yeah, I don't enjoy him too much either. No, no. He's, he's, uh, he's not necessary. He's one of like a half dozen side characters that get about two minutes of screen time that we're supposed to care about when they die. I know. There's him. There's the stripper. Uh-huh. I don't know. Other people. Yeah. There's just tons of them. Yeah, the stripper from Saved by the Bell, the college years. Um, oh, I, I, yes. I can't remember her name, but yeah, she she's Is the one who... Ashley in the movie? Is I don't it know. A- we'll call her Ashley. I can't remember. Um, and we have Tiffany. to sit there. Is it Tiffany? Tiffany's the character. Okay. Yeah. So we have to sit there and watch Vivica Fox try to counsel her into not going to... The you know again the runtime. Do we need to see Vivica A. Fox stripping? No. Like, did, does any of this have to take place? And it's a PG thirteen movie, and and this bothers me about all movies where we have strip clubs that aren't strip clubs. Right. Yeah. You know, like like someone is dancing in their underwear, which doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 you can't show it, then don't show it. <laughs> 
And you don't have to show it anyway. I mean, just we, we know that she's a dancer, and we, okay, got it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It doesn't need to be there And then all. she has and to walk a- out triumphantly and flip off the boss who comes out in his toupee. And that, that, that guy who I've seen in a million other things, mm-hmm. who's always playing this character. He's like, if you can't get Robert Davi, you get this dude. Uh-huh. You know? Oh, Robert uh, Davi would be good in this movie. Yes, he would. So we got them. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. We meet him playing chess mm-hmm. with his father, yeah. played by Judd Hirsch. Right. Who is I? I love him in this movie. I like Judd Hirsch. He a lot. is the just no filter Jewish father. Yes, of course, uh, of course. He's great. I know. I love it. <laughs> I know. And, and he he's playing it big, and it's an outsized character. Uh, yeah. but, I, but he's really good with the role. Yeah, I like it a lot. Have you seen the second movie? No. Independence Day. No, I haven't. I've seen it. Part two or do do part two? No, I haven't seen it. It sucks. Gigantic. I have heard it balls. Does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And Judd Hirsch is in it, and he's Jeff Goldblum's back. in it. Yeah, he's back, man. He's about half dead. I would but, say, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got to be a million years old. Yeah, I mean, don't watch that movie ever. Okay. It's awful. <laughs> um, this movie is... This is The Godfather compared to that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, I will skip ID4. <laughs> ID4-2. Yes. All right. So, th- those are the principal characters, I guess? Yeah. Um, okay. And then Mary McDonald is, is somewhere else. Uh, she's the first lady. And that's it. Yeah. All right. Now we've got it all sorted out. Uh-huh. Roll call is over. Um, It's still July 2nd. Yep. Um, They don't evacuate the cities, Um, but uh, a lot of people are evacuating. And then, uh, I don't know, nighttime hits, and the aliens <laughs> decide to blow up everybody uh, synchronized, which yes. is pretty awesome. It, it is a really cool way for them to carry out their invasion. And before they actually do fire at us... They, um, Jeff Goldblum realizes what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, he sees a hidden signal in yes. the satellite system. And somehow, during all this chaos where the end of the world is happening, mm-hmm. him and Judd Hirsch get into a 60s Plymouth and drive from NYC to Washington. How do they get out? I have no clue. When the streets are gridlocked, I like have this. no idea. And how do they make it there? I know you can get there in several hours, probably. It takes four hours yeah. to drive that in, in optimal conditions. Yeah. And they make it there. In that night. And I mean, it's nighttime in yeah. D.C. <laughs> right. when, when they're, yeah. when, like, and oh. and Judd Hirsch isn't even driving fast. He's which not. Which Jeff points out. He's driving, like, 30 <laughs> miles an hour on I-95. Uh-huh. And then there's a ton of, what, what do you think, the city's not going to be there? <gasps> Death stare. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. I know. That's that's the truth. Uh-huh. There's a ton of that in this movie. Yeah. Um, so they get there. Jeff Goldblum has like a mini satellite he pulls out of his pocket and like triangulates <laughs> where like Mary McDonald is, and they let she she's like the chief of staff or Margaret something. Margaret Collin. Oh, Margaret Collin. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Sorry. And uh, so they get in and they they talk with Bill Pullman about. <laughs> how there's a signal no one found except for Jeff Goldblum uh-huh. and it's a countdown uh, for, for checkmate. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's checkmate. So uh, no one found the signal except Jeff Goldblum, which it's, is so odd. And he gets it. <laughs> he even mentions, he even mentions it's, it's very subtle. It's probably been overlooked. I, what? Honestly, Come man, on, I man. Mean, you're, you're talking about like <laughs> NSA didn't have this. No one found it, this. It's, it's 
Oh, it's outrageous. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it really doesn't make much sense. They put that dialogue in there to uh-huh. try to cover up of this huge plot hole. <laughs> but still, it's it's not enough. <laughs> I know. And the way he gets into the White House is because he he's oh, his, the, she's Margaret Collins is his ex yeah. wife, mm-hmm. and yeah. she's yeah, like she's the pres she's the president's main like number two like assistant, and she's right. able to get him in and into the Oval Office to tell the president about this and spin his laptop around dramatically to show, yeah. you know, that the countdown, it, it, yep. it's got a digital readout like every action. Movie. You only have 29 minutes left. Yes. Uh, we had four hours and 29 minutes, but we drove here. Exactly. So. I know. I know. Oh, oh my God. Uh, you know, I know they couldn't call, but everyone's on their phone still. <coughs> he had her number They're on the cell phones. He had her number. Like, okay. like he was able to get her. Number. He could have called and said, "Hey, Margaret Collin, we're coming." Just, just you know, like, uh, here's what I'm going to tell the president. Can you just tell him now so you guys can get to the chopper before I do? Right. Yeah. Um, because that's what happens when he when he actually gets there. And so they they do evacuate the White House. Robert Loja and James Rebhorn and everybody else are there. Yes, got to get Loja out of there. Yes, for exactly. Sure. I mean, he's Rebhorn could stay. <laughs> Rebhorn, exactly. <laughs> I I think Rebhorn is amazing in this movie. He's pretty good. I he's, know he plays the character perfectly. <laughs> he's such a worm. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> but they evacuate the White House right as it explodes. They yep. You get the Air Force One flying away from the flames. You know. What do you think about that? I think it's really cheesy looking. Yes. I I think the movie holds up pretty well, special effects wise. Oh, I wise. do too, yeah. From 1996, yeah, I think it they look still good. looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. But that effect looks cheesy. Yeah. It looked cheesy back then. It looks cheesy now. Uh, a, a giant ball of flame is like licking the tips yes. of the wings. Yes. Like the, the plane would not be able to... I mean, it's a... It's a freaking disaster movie, so of course that that's what happens. But dude, it's just <laughs> stupid. When we saw that the flames at the other places where the where the bombing happened were inescapable, and it just everything is engulfed. Yeah, and you want to talk about one more scene when uh, this is like the unstoppable flame of death coming yes. at you. Yes, Vivica A. Fox is trying to escape Los Angeles, and she's in the tunnel, and the flames are coming straight at her. And for some reason, only her and her son and the dog can outrun it. And she <laughs> she kicks down, like, a door that looks like Will Smith couldn't even kick down. I know. I know. It's a blast door. Yeah. This this is the blast door from Star Wars. I know. <laughs> um, she kicks it down, gets her son in there, and yells for Rover or whatever. Boomer. Boomer. The dog outruns the flames in a leap of faith. <laughs> Like, dodges eight cars and flies. The flames, like, pass him. Uh-huh. And as soon as he crosses the threshold of this door to this utility closet, they're safe. Yes. I mean, this this thing has destroyed skyscrapers. It tosses cars through the air like nothing. Uh-huh. But because you miss the flames by a half a centimeter, you're safe. <laughs> it is such <laughs> bullshit. You're absolutely It is the right. most bullshit thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, that is. They don't not even close good. the door. <laughs> I know. Just like, well, oh, even if the ha- flames don't hit you, this heat or yeah. the concrete would come. You're right. You're I right. Because Boomer comes through the door, he leaps through the door, and then the flames like keep going. Yeah. And like Vivica <laughs> just grabs Boomer and the kid and like huddles them together. Uh huh. And like so they're like kind of ducking and covering in this maintenance closet. They sh- what should happen here is they would vaporize. Uh huh. Like. 
Sarah Connor's nightmare Absolutely. in T2. 100% that That's would what happen. would happen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, God. I, I've always had a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very much alive. They're alive. Um, I mean, there are survivors. People... Uh-huh. So not everything is completely destroyed or yes, vaporized. So yes. I guess they could survive, but this man, this dramatic escape is such bullshit. It really is. <laughs> um, and then, so now, and she <sighs> was supposed to go meet Will Smith at the base for yeah, over the weekend. At El Toro. At El Toro. So now that's, you can't do that anymore. So she goes out and like kind of uh, gets a, um, she finds the other survivors. Yeah, she she gets a truck to work. Right. Um, pulls the keys out from the from the visor like you do in a movie. Yeah, now we're now we're in July third. It's the uh-huh. next day, Dave. Right. Uh, most of the major cities have been destroyed. Yes, and uh, there's survivors who have to try to figure out what to do. Right. Will Smith is is like the Marines decide to attack the one alien ship. Um, they they send them the fighter jets up there. Um, try to take the thing down. Did and they wh- already do that? Or they do that now on the July third, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So while that's happening, um. Air Force One is in the air with uh, with the president and Jeff Goldblum and mm-hmm. the others. So there's three stories happening at the, at yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't even man- mention Randy Quaid. He's like a drunk uh, crop duster. Yeah. He has three kids. They live in a trailer in the desert outside of Los Angeles, That's I right. guess. Um, he was kidnapped by aliens 10 years ago, which they make a lot of jokes about. Um, that's the other story we got to kind of tie in real quick. So. I forgot about the fourth yeah. element. Yes. Yeah, okay. There's a lot going on here. I know. I think the movie does a good job of keeping it together, though, and making it coherent. Oh, agreed. Yeah. So you're, ne- you're never lost. I'll give it credit for sure. Right. Because it is a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Will Smith then has to fight uh, with Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> <laughs> God, they just... They go fly up. They shoot missiles at it. They're like, oh, no, it didn't work. Let's shoot another missile at it. Oh, no, it didn't work. Okay. And then... Uh, the fighter jets come out of the spaceship. There's yeah. like individual fighters uh, that come out of the big spaceships and fight the the other guys. I have a list fight, of fight like, the Americans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I have a list of like cool visuals from yeah. the movie, uh-huh. and I think that when those alien fighter jets get come out of the ship, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I do too. You know, because uh, all all the fighter jets have to like pull up and and fly straight up vertically. Uh-huh. So what happens is the the mothership opens up or whatever, and all these fighters fly out horizontally, so they they cr- intersect. Yes, and they fly through each other. It's pretty cool. It's it's kind of an awesome shot. It's pretty cool. And one of the jets get hit by like another alien ship, and they just like explode. Yeah. Pretty cool. And when you mentioned about <laughs> it's like the, Tie Fighters and X Wings coming at each other, it, and when you mentioned about the uh, like the the effects and everything holding up, I mean, here we are watching it in HD in 2018, mm-hmm. and I'm still just kind of blown away. Yeah, you know that they, they, whatever they were doing back then with their effects, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they must have been just at the they must have been well past what was even possible. Well, I think this was like at the time this was like the cutting edge sure. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It still looks good. Yeah. Um. So the, they they fight each other. Uh, all the fighters are just dropping like flies. They abort mission. Yeah. And uh, Harry Connick Jr. and Will Smith, you know, get tailed by a couple through a, the Grand Canyon or something. Through some, like, Lake Powell or something. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know where this... Uh, God, it's just... And it, it's this impossible... It's the Death Star Trench run. Exactly. I mean, 3PO would be telling him the odds. <laughs> if, if Yeah, they're was... going through the asteroid uh-huh. field. Um, Harry Connick Jr., 
dies. Jimmy is his name. Is it and Jimmy? And you get Will Smith going, Jimmy, no! That's right. That's right. I don't know how many one-liners Will Smith has during this scene, but every time you cut to him, he's just like, oh, yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. Just, it's something like that. Well, when he <laughs> went after after Jimmy dies, yeah. Um, I think the next oh, oh. four lines of his dialogue are I, I nothing wrote, but yeah. one-liners. I wrote down a bunch. Uh-huh. Um, he's in the canyon, and he's being chased, and then... Uh, He's like, see if you can fly that thing undercover, and he pulls his parachute. That's right. And then uh, the the spaceship can't see because it's blinded. Uh, then he ejects and says, "Hope you got an airbag." Uh huh. And flies out. That's right. And then the ship crashes, and the alien ship crashes, and he runs up, and that's when we get the famous "Welcome to Earth," and he punches the alien in the head. And then instead of ending the scene. They show him sit down, light a cigar, and say, now that's what I call a close encounter. That goes so far beyond my complaints about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. That's four (laughs) one-liners in a row. Yep. (laughs) To no one. I mean that that that's my that's really my issue with one-liners in general. Is that like if you say something really awesome to to the air. I no one heard you. I think welcome to Earth though counts. He's talking to the alien. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. He, technically, he is talking to the alien. Who doesn't understand his language? Right. Um, uh, I think Welcome to Earth is the only one you need here. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know. You and I have a diff- differing policies know, on one-liners. Right. So, yeah, if we're talking about, like, like just for economy of one-liners, yes, <laughs> that is the one we so need. So you think none? I, I say none. Okay. I always say none, no matter right. the situation, but yeah. How about this one's for Jimmy? Kapow. <laughs> yes. And one thing I hate, though, too, he sits down and lights his cigar. How do you know you knock that thing out, You man? don't. You're sitting there relaxing, smoking your cigar now. What? I mean... Uh, <laughs> and we, it was established early on that like him and Harry Connick Jr. have this this routine. Oh yeah, they, they call it their victory dance. They the always dance. light a cigar after the dog fight. After the fat lady sings. After the fat lady sings, another cliche. You gotta uh-huh. just work in there. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, and we revisit later. Oh yeah, yeah. You get some good Goldblum lines with that. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so now they're gonna, they want to strike the aliens with a nuke, uh-huh. but they decide not to. Uh. Because Jeff Goldblum says, that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, and Judd Hirsch has a pretty good, like, rant. He goes, starts ranting and raving on the plane. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, he's, he's like, you'd be dead without my David. You'd be dead without my David, which is such a great line. Yep. Um, and then he's like, you knew all about this, that spaceship that crashed in the 50s? You uh-huh. know, Area 51, you exactly. guys knew all about it. And they're all like, oh, God, he's talking about Roswell. What a lunatic. I know. And even Bill Pullman's like... There is no such thing as Area 51. I that love Bill and, Pullman trying to calm him yeah, down. He's kind of like, all right, all right, patting him on the back, uh-huh, you know, like, uh, like he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then Rebhorn chimes in. <laughs> yep. That yep. isn't entirely true, is what he says. And then you get good Goldblum. He's like, wait, what? Yep. Which part? And he like opens his fingers a little. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is prime Goldblum. <laughs> It's like my favorite thing in the movie. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And they go to Area 51 and you meet Brent Spiner. You know, Data from Star Trek The Next Generation, everybody. Can I tell you when we saw this in the theater? Um, like, so the, the movie, the movie's going. The audience is enjoying themselves. We're all having a great time. Mm-hmm. And when Brent Spiner walked out, there was just this, like, 
like it wasn't a round of applause. It was a wave of applause. Like the people in really? the front row saw it first and then it just kind of like <laughs> made its way back. It's like, oh, Brett Spider, you know, like and I mean, we all were just like, oh, you know, it was pretty great. It took me probably 15 years until I realized it was the, the <laughs> no guy kidding. from Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because he looks so different from his character in True. Star Trek. And I never put the pieces together, or cared about the, the name, I guess. So okay. I didn't, I didn't know. Okay. Or I didn't watch the movie. I mean, I watched the movie a million times when I was younger. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah, he shows up. He's really excited. And he's like, oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Uh-huh. And Bill Pullman's like, dude, millions of people just died. It is not cool. <laughs> but I can understand his excitement because he's been studying this stuff for the last 20 years or whatever. Of course. So, yeah. He even says, this is really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, like, I love his introduction when he walks up mm-hmm. and Bill Pullman extends his hand and Brent Spiner goes, ah, 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 Mr. President. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, he's so excited to, like, you know, meet the president. He's really good. Oh, man, it's a great performance. And he, he doesn't, like, know, like, the appropriate, like, social boundaries and stuff. No. But and he even says, you know, we don't get out much, which is true. I'm sure he's down there all day, every day. Uh huh. He's like, oh, Mr. President. Yeah. Yes. It's uh-huh. a, it's it's he's great like little scene. even in his face, like walking up all excited. Hey, hey, you guys want to see it? He's yeah, like, yeah. He's like exactly. he's a little kid with yeah. with this cool toy. And, and it's, it's understandable too, because like you know, just for the character. I mean, yeah, he's been doing this serious, important work for the last 15 years, mm-hmm. and no one has seen it. Yeah, right. And yeah. now, like, the, his first guest is the president. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, <laughs> let me yeah. show you what I've been up to. And, uh, like, even when he shows him the, the corpses they have uh-huh. preserved, he's like, this is what we call the freak show. And he starts laughing. And then he's like, oh. <clears throat> I know. Oh. <laughs> like, no one else is laughing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so apparently they, uh, they now can... Uh, come up with a plan i guess <laughs> yeah i guess so um yeah and, and i mean through this too like the survivors with vivica a fox's gang there yeah um yeah. they're they're like trying to hold on and they try to go to el toro and they find out that it's you know completely it's destroyed it's totally yeah. destroyed mm-hmm. so they kind of make camp there and she is tending to the first lady right yeah uh mary mary mcdonald's character and meanwhile uh, Will Smith has made his way to Area 51, mm-hmm. um, and that's the other cool visual that I wrote down. Yeah. The RVs the on the salt flats. Yeah. Wow. He's dragging that corpse, that that uh, unconscious alien through yep. the desert. Yep. And then uh, Randy Quaid and their caravan show up. It's a convoy of yeah. of recreational vehicles. I love the visual, too. It wow. looks great. It's really cool. Um, And they pick him up, and he's like, let's go to that base. And they go to Area 51. Yep. Um. And, and yeah. Will Smith shows the the alien to the people at the gate. They say, we can't let you in, Captain. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, you want to see my ID? And he shows them the, the alien. And the guy's like, let him in. And then Will Smith says, get the hell out of the way. I know. I know. What? He's such what a What an dick. asshole. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He has you to... think you're so cool? I, he you is know, Will Smith in 1996. You know he's many, pretty damn cool. You know how many 12-year-olds modeled themselves after this yes, guy yes because of this like of they're, they're, oh come on i know you've ruined many people's lives he inspired a generation of dicks <laughs> i mean it's it's, true. it's it's unfortunate like bad boys in this man. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. yeah anyway um they they try to do an autopsy on the new alien and then uh it, it wakes up 
It controls Brent Spiner through telepathy or something and communicates with the president. So Bill Pullman's trying to talk to him through Brent Spiner so they can, I guess he's the interpreter yes. portion. Uh, and then the alien like goes into the mind of Bill Pullman. And while that's happening, Adam Baldwin uh, decides to blow it away, which right. is awesome. Robert, Robert Loja tells him, you know, oh, yeah. is, is that is, glass bulletproof? No, sir. No, sir. Uh-huh. Gets yep. out his service revolver <laughs> and takes out the alien. Yep. With the other guys. And and they they, they blow it, you know, all the way across the room. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, honestly. Oh, then he executes it. Yes. Yes. Oh. He stands over top of it and executes the alien. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ah. Uh, and I just can't help it. I can't. When I see Adam Baldwin's face now, I, I, I'll, I'll move it. on. You right. can't do yes. it. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, Bill Pullman has now been connected to the consciousness of the aliens That's and right. knows their plan, uh, which you could probably already figure out. <laughs> Man, <laughs> they're trying yeah. to exterminate us. I mean, it was so <laughs> obvious from the start. I mean, they, they position themselves over every major world city and they totally decimate it. That's what's gonna happen. They even like <laughs> uh, when they, when they destroyed El Toro, like the the alien ships coming down. I mean, uh-huh. like it, it looks like something that like you know. Okay, so they weren't even ready for this invasion. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this is the plan. Duh. We, we knew this already. <laughs> and then he says, you know, uh, Mr. President, what do you think? Nuke the bastards. Yeah, um, yeah. And we have our one of our another stop and start where yeah. Th- this is. The, the, we could we could totally do without the nukes. Yeah, I agree. It it means nothing. Exactly. Um, before we talk about the nuke thing, real quick, Bill Pullman's line delivery there is ridiculous. Uh huh. It's the hammiest. I know. Most scenery chewing thing. I've, <laughs> it's like I talked about how it's kind of melodramatic. This is like mellow melodramatic here. Uh huh. Right. I oh. don't think he does a bad job, but it's just like. Really ridiculous. I think that some of his line deliveries throughout the movie are a little bit like what you're talking about. Yeah, um, a lot of them are. You know, he's trying to make it more important than it. Right. I mean, it is important stuff, but he's just tr- adding all this weight to it that kind of doesn't fit. There's pathos behind almost everything he yeah. says, and even in the beginning when we first see his character and he's talking to Mary McDonald on the phone, I have with me a. A uh, stunning brunette, mm-hmm. and he's talking yeah. about his kid. You yeah. know, I'm like, I'm, I'm. Why is? Why are you talking like that? <laughs> why? Why? Because that's the voice he's using. It's mm-hmm. this sort of smoky, sexy Bill Pullman yeah, voice. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I mean, like, what? I, I wrote down what he says here. He says, "They're like locusts. <laughs> they travel from planet to planet, and after they consume every natural resource, they move on to the next. Nuke them." <laughs> Wow, what a oh. fucking ball of cheese. Oh. Man, this th- this is a ball of cheddar with like almonds and like cranberries around it and stuff with crackers around Agreed, the house. Like dude. that is just, that's that thick. That is a cheese board at your local <laughs> restaurant. No doubt, dude. <laughs> and he's doing his best, I think, with it. And it's just like, how do you deliver a line like that? And be able to take it seriously. You can't. Um, <laughs> so bad. Because, I mean, Bill Pullman is a good actor, as we've established. But, yeah, th- there's nothing you can do with that dialogue. Yeah, his his inspirational speech has to make up for it later. Yes. Which is awesome. Which it totally we'll does. To. Yes. Man, I, I just wanted to salute after that speech. I'll tell you much, that much right now. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they decide to nuke him. They, they 
I don't know. They that the jet flies within a couple feet of it, drops a nuke, and gets out of there. Uh huh. You know. <laughs> I, I know. I, guess. I know exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, it flies within a couple of feet. the nuke goes off. Uh-huh. Oh, it's over Houston, by the way. Sorry, Houston. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You got destroyed by a nuke instead uh, of aliens. Instead of, of aliens. Right. But yeah. Um, the nuke goes off, and immediately. James Rebhorn jumps up. Yes, it's a hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. And everyone's all excited and cheering. What? Uh, why would you people be cheering because the nuke hit when you know everything you've ever done has been ineffective before you have confirmation that it actually did anything? There's been no visual confirmation. Uh, is it because the script told you to? That's why. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Because... This is the, the the whole nuke plot is a stop and start, and then the James Rebhorn portion is a stop and start within the stop and start. Uh huh. Yep. We have we we, we it's spend stupid. We waste twenty minutes on something that's not going to work. Uh huh. Really stupid. I mean, we already know the stakes. Exactly. I feel how dangerous this is. Yes. And how helpless this is. Uh huh. We don't need to say, all right, well, let's try the biggest thing we got. Uh huh. No, we know it's not going to work. Because then you don't got a movie. Like, what do you got? <laughs> Does the movie become some kind of, like, environmental, like, like, like tale of terror? They gotta, at, they like, gotta halfway make... through it, like, changes yeah. genre. And, right. And, like, everyone's got to, like, survive in a nuclear wasteland. And it leads up to, like, Mad Max. Well, that should have been... I mean... yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. The nuke doesn't work. Right. Um, so that's it. And then uh, Will Smith steals a helicopter... Uh, Saves Vivica A. Fox and the First Lady, and then the First Lady dies in the hospital. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, you're going to tear jerk, I guess, I if guess. you want to. Yeah. Um, if you like. The mellow is as big as the drama. I know. Ah. <laughs> and then it goes to Fourth of July. And Jeff Goldblum is completely drunk because he knows we're nuking everything, and he can't handle it. He's just like, let's just kill ourselves, you know? But she's right. Why, why would you? Yes. <sighs> About his ravings about about the nukes is correct. I mean, he, we've joked around Deus Ex, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, you know, yes. but uh, he's the only one who actually kind of is smart in the movie. Oh, <laughs> like, I agree. at all. Everyone's I, I an agree. idiot. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is definitely the only person who understands. You know what to do, and and the <laughs> we all know how they overcome the aliens, and and it occurs to Jeff yes, Goldblum yeah. when he's drunk and he's talking to Judd Hirsch. Something about, like, you know, Judd tells him you don't want to, like, you know, fall down and catch cold on this yeah, concrete. Yeah, like, it's a cold floor. You don't want to catch cold or whatever, yeah. and Put your socks on. Can, can I tell you something? <laughs> what? Whenever I've had a great idea in life, mm-hmm. if someone saying something to me out of context inspired it, mm-hmm. which actually has never happened, but I'll just tell okay, you. Okay, yeah. Let, let's pretend that it does. <laughs> okay. I would never say, say what you just said again. Yeah, Right. Is and that going to re-trigger it? Exactly, because you already have this. This you've got it. Well, yeah. The the, the it's a it's a brilliant script. It I mean. really is. <laughs> My God, you know it's. <laughs> I think it's a good script, but man, it's got a bunch of shit in it that it doesn't it's just need. Got so many cliched. Maybe not a good it. script. It's a good story. Yes, and it was done pretty well. Yeah, uh, but man. The beats, like you just said, right, right. Dre's beats, man. This is terrible. <laughs> yes, get get in sync with the with the tempo of this movie. Right, right. Come on, let's do it. And the what what the the whole you're gonna catch cold thing leads to Jeff Goldblum realizing that because the 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 yeah a vibe, in the hangar yeah. they have the the Roswell ship. Yeah, 
um, from the 50s. And he realizes that he, if the way to get the shields down, because that's been the, the issue from the start, um, is, you know, not, the, the fighter jets and the nukes can't penetrate the alien's uh, force field, is to um, uh, we got give the computer system a virus. Yeah. And bring down the shields. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we spend another five minutes with Adam Baldwin and his service revolver and the Coke can. He loves that gun. I'm telling you. I mean, in real life uh, and, uh, and, and in, sure in the does. movie. My God, he loves holding a gun and, and feeling like a big, big man. Um, he's huge, though. He is, he is a he big is a man. He's a big man. Of course he is. I know you're not speaking physically. <laughs> of course, yeah. yes. Anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> but he, Jeff Goldblum tells him, like, he sets he sets a Coke can on the ship and tells him, okay, go ahead. Come and, on. And, what the, you know, the demonstration. Come I know, on. I know. We, we, we know how it works. We spend 10 minutes doing this? We know how it works. Try shooting that Coke can. Okay. <laughs> Kapow. Boom. Nope, it didn't work. Uh-huh. All right. Click, click. Try shooting the Coke can. Kapow. Ching. Yep. Oh, it worked. Yep. Now let me explain stuff for another five minutes. <sighs> Come on. It was a good plan. It's a fine plan, but yeah. but you didn't need this. You don't you know, need the demonstration to, to happen. And just say, "Hey, I'm going to put a virus in. Watch, right. click, click, pow. Oh, it worked. Yep, great. That's yeah. it. All right, whatever. The president agrees to it. Yeah, he says, "Okay, th- this looks good." And then Will Smith decides, you know, well, we still well, we still need somebody to fly the the because they're gonna they're gonna take the the alien ship and fly it and dock with the mothership out outside of Earth's this atmosphere. Is a, this is an outdated model, I'm sure. You know what? Why would the aliens bring an old ship? How how the hell, <laughs> it, with all their sophistication, does the aliens' computer system not know that this ship <laughs> has been gone for 40 years? Right. Because this is like a hive mentality. Yeah. This species of alien that has come with their technology, everything's interconnected. Mm-hmm. It goes from the mothership down to the bigger ships, down to the fighter jets and whatever. Yeah. It all filters down. They would know, you know, that this license plate number has been missing on Earth for a long time. That's right. That's um, right. It's going to come back. And what? they don't even, like, check it. No. It comes back in. They're like, oh, this is either a regular ship just coming back or, I mean, maybe this woman's just passing through the system. I don't know. Well, come on in. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. I know. The, the, and the, in the alien, in the ship... In the mother mothership, the <laughs> alien who's controlling everything is just in this uh, sort of like orb, and it's got like a, a gorilla glass interface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where it's like you know using its tentacles to, to work all the ga- mm-hmm. all the gizmos, uh-huh. and it sees you know Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum come up in this mm-hmm. Roswell ship, mm-hmm. and it just hangs it up, and puts the clamps on it, and then touches the screen and like identifies it. It's it's an old code, sir, but it checks out. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I mean, exactly. Holy shit! It was I who provided. The <laughs> of the <Rebel> <laughs> holy crap, dude! But they they get in, yeah, um, without a hitch, and then and Jeff Goldblum <laughs> is able to write code for a virus <laughs> that can overcome an operating system <laughs> that is completely in another different alien language, um. And, and bring down their shields. That is, the, it's the most ridiculous thing. I, I mean, even today, I, it, it, it's been bothering me for twenty-two years. I mean, here's here's what would have been better. Okay, I think I've explained it to you one other time. That like, what if they just flew the craft into the mothership? 
found where the aliens' servers were, and unplugged them. Oh, yep, that could work. I mean, do an Obi-Wan? Just of get course, out and, like, deactivate of course. it? That is you plausible. You know, that is something that we can, like, actually believe would be, you could do it. Uh-huh. Um, and you could still use the alien ship because it's like, okay, how are we going to get in there? Well, we'll just use this ship that we have, and we'll pose as aliens. <sighs> yeah, um, it does Jeff Goldblum apparently knows everything about this ship, though, because it comes with power windows, he says. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, great. How do you... What? Okay. Deus Ex. Out your butt, man. This is... <laughs> holy, holy, holy. It And it works. Oh, oh, man. But then they can't leave the ship. And while this happens, you know, the, the shields go down... Um, and then the offensive that they've coordinated around the globe yeah. is now able to attack. They've communicated in Morse code to every other army and every other air force. And, in, and you know what my favorite part is? They, they, I guess it's the British or yeah. whoever in the Iraqi desert. Uh, they're communicating with them. And they're like, oh, it's the Americans. They have a plan. And the guy's like, well, it's about time yeah. America saved the day. <laughs> yes, I well, he know. says it's about time. Oh. But he forgot to say that America uh, saved everyone in the world because they're the only ones who could do it. Because we, we've all yeah. around the world have just been waiting with, <laughs> with you know, like like trying to, okay, when are the Americans going to tell us what the plan is? Yeah, like, oh, and, I hate it. And you know, when they go to France and, and, and those guys are like, it, it looks like, uh, you know, a Fassbender film. They're smoking those cigarettes. <laughs> the one guy, he's like sitting there, he has like a stereotypical, like, uh-huh. I mean, I said Foss, it, it's 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 Man. more like... um. Uh, the, the Audrey Hepburn move, funny face. Oh it's God, like, yeah. He, he's, he's got like he's dressed in like a sailor outfit, and it's just so mm-hmm. it's off the shelf from MGM the, in the Shirley fifties. Wait, who's funny face? Uh, Audrey Hepburn is I that believe. Audrey yeah. Hepburn? Uh-huh. Okay, I yeah. Don't know. Anyway, but yeah, it's ridiculous. I know they should have like that the, the little hats on, you know. Like, of course, I mean, oh, they would have the berets. The, the I mean, berets yes. on there, it's tilted to the side. I mean, look, that that pub they're sitting in. I mean, that is like mm-hmm. that. That's a set from Fairy Tale Theater. It, man, it's. Thank God the Americans saved the day. I, I mean, I, I, they came up with a plan. Uh-huh. You know? Right. Anyway, uh, that sucks. <laughs> I hate that, man. What kind of jingoism ah. are we talking about in this movie? It's it's pretty foul. <laughs> I know. I know. So, so yeah, not everyone in the world is going to strike at the same time, which that's the plan you got to do, man. Yeah, it's that's, a good plan. It's, it's our last ditch effort, man. Mm-hmm. Bill right. Pullman comes out and is like, all right, man, time for a speech. Let's make this movie memorable. <laughs> and man, I'm telling you, this speech riles you up as an American. It's a it's a great speech. Did it's, this, uh, do you think this plays like around the world when when you know I choose to think in so. Japan they're watching this movie and yes. I agree, I would agree too. Because and, he, he stresses that that uh, we are now fighting as one. Yeah. Um and that this is no longer an American holiday. Mm-hmm. Um we celebrate our world, you know, yeah. Independence Day. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a rousing speech. It is. And man, I think this scene, I don't know how you can make it better. I don't think you could. Oh, no. The, the, the way no. it's edited, they show the crowd cheering and they show sure. Bill Pullman just going crazy with this dialogue. Uh-huh. It's good. It, I, it is I, I good. Know. 
And, and everybody, everybody's so fired up in the crowd. And the one dude who they put the camera on, who like he's <laughs> the, like the guy who salutes. Yes, the guy who salutes because they they you know we're we're down to like fifteen percent capacity in our in our military. Uh-huh. So they they've recruited a bunch of people who were just hanging around who came to as refugees to Area Fifty One. Mm-hmm. If you've ever flown any kind of plane, you're now a F eighteen pilot. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know it's what we got to do. Yep. We got Randy Quaid in there now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this guy who who looks like kind of you know the hills have eyes is really <laughs> fired up. You know, he's just like, you know, yes, I'm going to go up mm-hmm. there and get in a dog fight with aliens. My favorite is like the, the Vietnam vet guy with the aviator glasses. Yeah. And the hat. Yeah. That's that, my favorite the mustache. Guy. Right. Yeah, I'm going to call him wedge. Okay. That's <laughs> fine, dude. Awesome. <laughs> he has awesome. no dialogue in the movie, but he's like in every scene. <laughs> and there's tons of novels written about him. <laughs> yeah. You know there's a, the expanded universe. Uh-huh. This guy is a, Hey man, he's something. <laughs> But man, yeah, I think he takes Robert Loja's place in the next movie. <laughs> no, but. and you know, after the speech is over and all the and everyone is just you know like beside themselves with you know like patriotism, mm-hmm. um, it culminates in Bill Pullman going over to Adam Baldwin. Adam says, you know, uh, Mr. President, we have your gear over here, and mm-hmm. we got your suit, we got your uh, you know oxygen mask, uh, your your plane's ready. And Robert Loja says, Mr. President, I'd like to know what where you think you're going. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, uh, what, what is it he says? He gets real, like, uh, sexy Bill Pullman voice again. Yeah. I'm a fighter, Will. I'm a pilot. I belong in the air. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> you know what, Mr. President? I will follow you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how, how does Robert Loja not know he's about to go up in the air? Wouldn't that have been? Why would Adam Baldwin know instead of the general well, ex- of the nation's thank army? You, thank you. Exactly. This guy is <laughs> is like head of the Joint Chiefs. I mean, he, he's he's got to have some intelligence. He's and, been your right hand man for what four years now? Exactly. And throughout this whole thing, he's been the only guy who's been there with good ideas yes. and supporting you. Yes, and helping actually. What, Bill Pullman? Well, you got to tell him. You got to <laughs> tell him, man. Why would you tell Adam Baldwin? I know that guy. Exactly. You got Robert Loja in real life and in the movie. (laughs) I like this through line of the episode. Me too. (laughs) But, uh, yep. Uh So yeah, now now the virus is in there. Everyone flies up and we get another stop and start with Bill Pullman firing a missile and it hits the shield. Oh no. Call off the attack. Call Call off off the the attack. Get Abort. Abort. I want one more shot. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And he fires the missile. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it going to work? Is it going to work? Yes, it hits. It works. Oh, my God. Direct hit. Fire at will. Man, forget the last five minutes. Let's uh-huh. go. Exactly. Eagle uh-huh. one, Fox two. <laughs> <laughs> that was my password for a while. <laughs> no doubt. It has to be, dude. It was a good password. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, so there's... Uh, yeah. And so now we're, we're, we're around the world... You know, we're not seeing the other battles around the world. We're just seeing the no. one that does over the U.S. Because fuck them, exactly. America. You know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, we, we see the other alien ships, like, in the Iraqi desert destroyed. Yeah, they're all crashed. Yeah. Right. Um, and during this uh, aerial assault, one of the pilots, Randy Quaid, yep. who we've, we've established mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. is a, a, a drunken crop duster. We're going to have to get into that. He is up there um, fighting, and... He's the only one who has missiles left. Everyone else is just, you know, firing bullets. Well, my favorite thing is Bill Pullman is like, we're all out of missiles. How do, how are we out of missiles? Uh-huh. And everyone even in, you know, at ground control is just like, oh my God, there's no more missiles. And then Randy Quaid all of a sudden shows up and says, I got a missile. Yep. 
Yeah. How, how do they not? What? I know. Doesn't everyone? What the? Well, and in the computer system, like it shows how many planes you have uh-huh. up there and what they're equipped with. Well, so yeah. who would who wouldn't have said, "Oh, well, this guy's got them." Everything's oh. visual too. Yes, yes. It's not just like a, a number. You know, there's an actual plane image uh-huh. with missiles on yes, them. Yes, exactly. Like you're in a fucking video game. It's missile command. Yeah. I know why it's like this. You're right. You're right. <laughs> which you're right. we'll have to talk about. Which we will have to talk about. Because, uh, you know. I guess apparently there was a test audience before this movie was released. What originally happens is Randy Quaid, I guess, wasn't in an F-18. He shows up in his crop duster with a missile attached to it. Randomly. And saves the day. And the test audience said, okay, that's a little too much bullshit. (laughs) So they changed it and did extra scenes with him in a a jet and stuff. And that's why all these scenes of people saying, there's no missiles, oh my God. Because they wouldn't be tracking his crop duster. Right. You know? So that's why it doesn't make sense. Because he shows up in F-18 with a missile. And at ground control... They're like, who? What, what's going on? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting who a is signal. That? Who yes. is that? I don't know what's happening at all. Bill Pullman says, pilot, identify yourself. Yeah. And it's he's... me, Randy Quaid. Exactly. <laughs> I think Russell Simmons is his name? It's not <laughs> Russell. It's Russell Case. Case. <laughs> it's not Deaf Comedy Jam's Russell Simmons. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> awesome. It's not Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, it's my me. God. It's Maximus. <laughs> Maximus Decimus Meridius flies on. <laughs> yep. And, okay, and, and is this the first time that I can think of that a test audience improved a movie? I don't know. I mean, we I don't know how we would ever know. Unless I mean, yeah. we watch I mean, we watch behind the scenes stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean we we know all this shit. We read about it. I've never heard of an example like this. It's, except for this. Yes. Where it's made a movie so much better. Right. And they had to, of course, go back and film Randy Quaid, like, you know, like in the cockpit, cockpit, and yeah, like, you know, responding mm -hmm. to the other jet fighters. Yeah. Um, And I saw the visuals. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh my God. (laughs) It's it's so funny. Like, you're seeing this dogfight up there. And Randy Quaid is in this this biplane flying alongside (laughs) F 18s and alien ships. And alien ships. And he, he does the same thing he does in, in the actual movie where he takes the missile. He can't fire it. So, you know. It he, makes sense he can't fire it because he, he just rigged it onto his plane by exactly. himself. So there is no firing mechanism. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they, they change it, of course, in the real movie. It's to, like jammed. It's, just, it's yeah. jammed. Uh-huh. So the only way he can actually deliver the package, so to speak, is to when the alien ship, uh, when the destroyer opens up and it's about to use its like primary weapon, yeah. it has to fly. You have to fly up in there. He's got and a just, kamikaze in there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Right when it fires, you got to hit that center point. You know, it's like Star Fox 64, man. Absolutely. Which they totally stole that level from this movie, but I don't care. <laughs> that's that's a great level, man. That, yes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, he saves the day. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and his kids are, are back at uh, Area 51. One of them is played by the girl who played Lydia in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Um, um, Lisa Jacob is the yes. character, or the actor. And... Um, James Duvall is the oldest. I know. I, I keep wanted. I kept wanting to say Emil Hirsch, okay. but it's definitely not him. It's not the, yeah, but uh, yeah, Donnie Darko's Frank shows up. I could not <laughs> believe that that was the same guy. Uh huh. Yeah. It was just like that's the, the rabbit from Donnie <laughs> yeah, Darko. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the sick that, kid Troy, uh, who who I 
that's another plot line I, I don't need, but, you know. What sick kid? Remember the other kid, Troy, the one who's always sick? Oh, yeah, the little kid. Yeah. Or the youngest. Yes. What happened to him? Remember they, when they first come to Area 51, Randy Quaid is like, you know, saying, oh, I need a doctor for my son, you know. And, oh, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. it's oh. A, they, they And then he eventually shoves the dude against the wall, and, and the guy's like, okay, get him somebody. And Brent Spiner tells him to go get him a doctor. I don't remember that. Did you did watch, I, like, the extended cut? Did I watch cut? an extended cut? You must have watched oh, my an God. extended cut, man. Well, geez, I... I Cause wow. you know what I didn't remember this either. Yeah. So maybe I did watch an alternate version. Holy shit! Great. There's an extended cut of this two and a half hour movie. It's it's seems... did Peter Jackson do it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is. Uh... <laughs> Holy crap! Wow, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. I love that. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, that 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 happens. Right. And and he also gets two one liners. When he's about the when, when Randy Quaid goes up into the, you know, the hole. Yeah. He he yells, um, up yours. In the words of my generation, up yours. And then he says, "Hello, boys, I'm back." Uh-huh. He does two one-liners. Can they just? Did Arnold produce this movie? Now, honestly, come on. No, but I don't think he did because <laughs> Arnold knows that one one-liner is too, is too many. But he he might do twelve in a movie. But it's like I'm gonna do one here mm-hmm. and here and yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna have them, you know, like back to back. That's why it's called a one-liner. Of course, it's not a six-liner. No, I I hate this crap so much. And honestly, <laughs> I I could, if you took Randy Quaid's character completely out of the movie, it's the same movie. Yeah, basically they they you could know, still solve it some other way. But. You, you could have you could have had uh, Bill Pullman do the kamikaze. Exactly. Thing, you know, like that, that would have made him a true hero. That would have been cool. Um, I mean, that would have been cool, right? Yeah, I, I'm down with that. And he's somebody who, like, you know, I don't know, Bill Pullman. His wife survives, and okay, then he sacrifices himself. There you go. Mary McDonald is now the president. Exactly. You know, perfect. Because because Robert Loja, I guess, would be president. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. It wouldn't be the first lady. <laughs> now that I think about it, that's not how that well, works. Then she's gonna have to marry Robert Loja. <laughs> I guess that would. I don't know. I don't think Loja would mind. Much, I don't. I don't know what the line of succession is to where it gets to Robert Loja. It's like it's like in history books and it just yeah. says Robert Loja. Like that's a title, you know. <laughs> it's like it goes like Lieutenant, like General Loja. <laughs> My country would have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave Roby would yes. have Loja as like the the prime. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then and then we get the escape from the mothership. The final thing that happens is like Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are trapped because they're clamped into this ship. I mean, Jeff Goldblum cannot figure out a way to hack into the system to open this clamp. Right. right. Um, <laughs> Clamp is really what's doing it. This clamp is pretty sturdy. He wrote a virus. He fashioned malware that destroyed an alien computer system. And this clamp is the thing that's that's holding them back. Exactly. Oh, God. And then somehow, the, does the clamp come loose? Well, what happens is they decide to uh, sacrifice themselves. They're like, we're stuck here. You know, let's launch this nuke. And we'll just die here. Uh-huh. And hopefully everything turned out okay back home. But we're, it's game up. I think he even says it's checkmate. Yeah. Uh, they light their cigars. Uh, and then they decide to open the windows and just act like a bunch of clowns and say, peace out. Uh-huh. Or whatever. Right. Smith, I right. think he just yells, peace. Yes. And then they fire the nuke. Um, and it hits the alien. And I guess the, 
The force of the nuke launching jostles him loose from the clamp. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, all right. All right. Cool. Cool. So that explains why they're taunting. But this this alien ship that they're flying doesn't have enough force to pull away from this clamp. But a, a missile launching can break it. For, I don't know. Well, maybe or the maybe, thud maybe, of the missile. The, thud, the missile damaging the infrastructure maybe Perhaps, is. Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know. So now they got it's 30... some of the. It's not as much bullshit no. as, as a lot of the other things. You're right. But it's yeah. one of the things I it's can let It's just like go. a little turd. Right. You know? <laughs> it's, it's the it's nugget. A, it's right. a skid mark. <laughs> Absolutely. And now they got 30 seconds to, to get out of this mm-hmm. thing. So they fly out and uh, fighters are chasing them because now they realize that yeah. it's, it's, it's humans. Right. Um, so. And it's time for... Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's yeah. time, you know, stay on target. Yeah. So um, they chase them. They uh, barely escape while the, the blast doors are closing. They yep. jump through it real quick. Um, yeah. And they, they escape. Uh, and Jeff Goldblum says Jurassic Park lines in this movie. Yes, he, he goes, does. must go faster, must go faster. Yes. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and then they, they escape, and we don't know if they made it. We see him get out, and the nuke goes off, and then um, the, like, the nuclear shockwave like, engulfs their ship, and, and we don't know what happened. Uh-huh. We cut back to the, the ground. Everyone's celebrating because the ships are down. Yes. All over the world, everyone's victorious. Um, yep. And they... They're like, oh, we lost contact with them. Let's wait here for a couple minutes. Oh, wait, I got a signal. Let's check it out. Yeah. Um. I, <laughs> it's, uh, I know why you do this in movies to, is, is to, to ramp up the emotion. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's I'm still, already emotional, man. I know. I know. <laughs> Anytime something, if, if you build, if you built me a water slide. Okay. Um, I know that a water slide is fun. Okay. Um, you don't have to put a sign next to it that says this is super Where fun. Where is this going? I, okay, yeah. I, <laughs> you okay, you figured out. I was like, are you going to say, look at the parking lot, Scott? Uh, yes. I thought that's where you're going with this. <laughs> that, that, that is kind of the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, you don't need to say this slide is fun. No. Nope. You know what? We know. Yeah, that it's, makes sense. It's part of our DNA. We understand how like emotions work. Mm-hmm. We know that like uh, Margaret Collin and, and Vivica A. Fox are concerned about Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith's safety. Uh-huh. Uh, and out to the desert we go yep, and, to greet them. And whoa, buddy, you get some struts. Will Smith <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum in these like wife beaters yeah. with their chest hair all out. Oh, God. Just strutting. Man, smoking a cigar. They look like Maverick and Goose. Seriously. You know? Man, and oh, the ladies love them. Sure. I mean, they're in love with them anyway. Of but course. You look at that. They run, and they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's totally yeah. on. Time to time to repopulate the earth. Because <laughs> you know they're ready. Because we're all... Look at that image. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at those guys walking. Oh, oh my oh. God. Yeah. You can't stop. We're <laughs> gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Let, let's do this let's right now. Let's figure this out uh-huh. now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. That, and then they look up at the sky, and... Uh, the, the parts from the mothership, I guess, are coming through the atmosphere and it looks yeah. like fireworks. So. Right, right. There you go. And Bill yeah. Pullman shakes the hand of Jeff Goldblum. Oh, um, yeah. They, they had had, like, beef before. They have an adversarial relationship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now they're all good. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yep. Yep. I said I promised you fireworks. Yep. There you go. It's the end of the movie. Because there's a cute little kid there and he's Vivica A. Fox's son. And, oh, yeah. Um, What's his name? Paige... Ross Ross Bagley. Ross Bagley, okay. He played Buckwheat in the Little Rascals movie. 
And of of <laughs> cute kid characters, this is actually a cute kid. Yeah, he um, is. Really and, cute. And the, the girl who plays um uh the, the first daughter um is Mae Whitman from Arrested Development. Uh-huh. Um, yep. mm-hmm. And she's actually cute. So it was like they're, they're trying to get you to care about cute kids, and they actually casted cute kids, which I was pleased with. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize that was egg. Yes, it you is. Know? It That's is. awesome. It's, it's, it's man egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, so any, anything else? Let's see here. Oh, geez. Um, <sighs> I... I I need the movie. I already kind of praised it for its special effects and stuff. Yeah. But like, and it's structured well, even though it has the stops and starts. I think it's put together very well. Right. Um, it, it moves at a clip, even though there's lots of bullshit going on. <laughs> it's never boring. You're absolutely like, right. Never completely boring. Yeah. Um, and I think like the sense of awe it gets uh, when the ships are hovering before they attack. Everyone's yes. just kind of like. Holy cow, look how huge that thing is. Right. And and the scale, the sense of scale is really good in the movie too. Mm-hmm. You you really feel these things are ginormous. Yes. Uh really well done. And there's a reason that we had the feelings we had in the theater mm-hmm. back then. I mean like like where, where you're just like sitting there and this is a this is kind of the movie experience that you were promised as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like wh- whenever they'd show you commercials of like, you know, of the, this communal experience. Yeah. Um, of like, you know, uh, you'd see pictures from the 50s of like, you know, everyone with their 3D glasses on just enjoying themselves in a full theater. Mm-hmm. Like, I had never really experienced that truly until this movie. Right. Where we're all feeling the exact same way going, wow, this is we, awesome. We even just said, you mentioned it earlier, like, people compared it to Star Wars, you yeah. know? Like, this, I can see this being what Star Wars was like. Every, yes. Like, especially the scale I'm talking about. When that Star Destroyer flies overhead, uh-huh. and you're like, holy shit, that thing's huge. And then you see the Death Star, that thing's huge, man. I mean, That's the kind of scale this movie feels like. There, there was a, there was a uh, documentary in IFC some years back called um, A Decade Under the Influence. Uh-huh. Um, it was about the American New Wave in the 70s. Okay, okay. And they're talking about Cassavetes. And, I was about know, to say, is that Cassavetes make this yes. movie? <laughs> <laughs> um but like it gets to like 1977 and you mm-hmm. hear like the opening bars of John Williams score. Yeah. And then you see people coming out of a theater talking like we're talking uh-huh. and they're going, that was the best movie I've ever seen. And they're just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Uh-huh. So like an audience doesn't go to five easy pieces and come out going, Oh my God, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> God, I love it when he left her at the truck stop. Oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love it when he when he gives that guy at the party the business, and you know, and Ralph Wade is there like nodding in approval. Uh, oh my no. god! Remember when he was cheating on his wife? That was awesome. It's just god, not, no one does that. No, no, <laughs> you, you you can't like have something that that is th- this is artistic and exciting. Yeah, you know, right, it's yeah. not lyrical. Which I mean. <laughs> That is a dude. That is awesome. I, oh. Yeah, no one does that. No. That's a, <laughs> well, that, uh. that's what I did when I came out of "Call Me by Your Name." I was just screaming like, "Yeah!" Yes, exactly. No. Phantom Thread for me this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else? Oh, anything geez. Else? Uh, oh, okay. No, I, I, I think I'm spent as far as Independence Day. Yeah, I'm good. <sighs> me too. Okay. All right. Uh, 
So how would you rate the movie, Dave? Okay, I will give the movie three stars and a very solid recommend. Yeah. The, the most solid recommend on three stars I've ever given. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely a three-star movie, and it's a very strong recommend yep. because it's just so damn entertaining. Of course. Um, this is what a popcorn movie should be like, <laughs> you know? It's a, a fun, good time. No doubt. Even though it's got Deus Ex everything. <laughs> of course. Um, all right, so yeah, that's... That wraps up the show, and uh, we're going to have to announce something here. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, uh, I don't cry. We're going to end the show, folks. And this, uh, it's mainly my doing. I'm sorry, Dave. Mm. Um, I just feel like it's it's a good time to move on to other things. And um, next episode will be our last episode. It's our 150th episode. Figured it's a nice round Number sesquicentennial. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. So um, I'm sorry. It's been really awesome. This has been a really fun time, and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Dave is too. Um, no doubt. But uh, yeah, it's it's time for me to move on. And um, I think Dave's gonna start a new podcast eventually. That's right. Yeah, it's not gonna be a movie one, right? It's mm-hmm. gonna be about history. Something it's gonna like be that. about history, and it's gonna be called Frame of Reference. Frame of Reference. There, that would be a good movie podcast too. You, Frame you, of, you, I, I guess. you know, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's sad, but uh, there's new beginnings coming. I yes. Guess. So, and and we're gonna do one more episode. We're gonna end it next week with The Godfather Part Three from 1990 uh directed by francis ford coppola and starring al pacino andy garcia and diane keaton i know this is one of dave's favorite um like guilty pleasure movies Uh i guess if you want to call it that are you guilty you feel guilty um i don't feel as guilty as other guilty (laughs) pleasures okay all right yeah all right so yeah um stay tuned next week it's going to be a good send-off we'll 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 get our tears out on that one yeah Uh, but yeah i'm your dude scott i'm your dude dave and we'll see you next time